Greetings and welcome to episode two of the Chirping the Cats podcast. David's work here with you, and before we get to our interview with original Florida Panther Bill Lindsay, first thing we're going to do is get into uh, the first few games of the season for the Panthers as uh, currently six games in. They just wrapped up their first road trip of the season. And uh, about as even as you could get after six games, two wins, two losses, two shootout losses. Now, at the moment, things are feeling kind of nice because they had that big comeback win in New Jersey to wrap up the trip. So feeling good about that. But as we examine the first six games of the year, we'll look at the good and the bad and uh, and just kind of go from there. Now, one trend that I'm sure many of us have noticed uh, throughout the first few games is that in each of Florida's losses, uh, they've played well enough to win, uh, except for one bad period. Uh, just looking back over the schedule, you've got the third period at Tampa on opening night, uh, the first period against Carolina when they went down 4 to nothing, and then the second period against Buffalo and the Islanders. Now, the Devils game, it went from an entire bad period to just about a 10- to 12-minute stretch uh, between the end of the first period and the first part of the second period. And then suddenly, just like in each of the past three games, it was like somebody, perhaps somebody with a mustache, flipped a switch and all of a sudden Florida's offense was just coming in waves and defensively, it was like the back two zones were being clogged up with barely anything getting through. Just like that, the Panthers are playing the kind of winning hockey you're going to see when they're firing on all cylinders. They're going to be turning teams over in the neutral and the defensive zones and quickly turning around with the puck and producing offensive chances. It's what you've seen the last few games when they've been trying to come back in the third period and playing their best hockey, and it's what you saw the second half on Monday in New Jersey. Another thing the team's going to want to clean up as they get a little bit further into the season is starting games a little bit quicker. Now, uh, so far through six games, the Panthers have been outscored 7-2 to in the first period. It's not something I'm overly concerned about long-term considering the offensive firepower this team has. You know the goals are going to come eventually, but it's something that deserves to be highlighted nonetheless at this early stage because you know it's something that's been discussed already in meetings. Now one thing that's starting to get slightly better but still certainly needs to be focused on are zone exits. Once the Panthers recover the puck in the defensive zone, which they do often, forcing turnovers with guys like Barkov and Trocek out there, the last thing that should happen is giving the puck right back away when trying to transition to offense. But that's exactly what's happened numerous times throughout the first few games of the year. Now, breakouts have been getting better. It appears that for the most part, the players know where they're supposed to be, uh, but the timing's been a little bit off. That's to be expected. That's something that'll surely tighten up as the season goes by and they get more games under their belt and they get more practices together and just start to get better with timing with one another. Now, there are certainly plenty of good things to talk about, and uh, the one at the top of my list is Vinny Trocek. Now, how nice is it to see Trocek looking like his old self again? Uh, A big part of what makes him such a great player is that quick burst of speed that he surprises players with. And uh, whether he uses it carrying the puck up the ice and splitting defenders or picking up a step on a guy by going wide, stealing the puck on a back check, uh, he's just generating chance after chance for Florida. He's stopping rushes going the other way, uh, the way that he he's such a great two-way center. And you're just seeing the trocheck that we saw two years ago when there was so much excitement about what the next step could be for this guy. 
that broken ankle really slowed him down last year, but it looks like he's back on the track that uh, that he was on 12 months ago at this time. And so it'll be really fun to see to see him develop a full year, especially with the kind of talent that Florida has right now, that they're moving in and out of their top six, whether it's line mates or Mike Hoffman and uh, Brett Connolly, whether Vetrano gets moved in there. Uh, there's just so many different options, and, and Trocek is such a versatile guy. So it's great to see him uh, back to his usual self and hopefully a full, a full slate of games uh, ahead of him. Now, another guy that's looked really good and someone who's been skating with Trocek a lot this year is Mike Hoffman. And with Hoffman, it's really been since the first day of training camp, the first scrimmage he was out there. Hoffman has been showing up in all three zones out there. Um, actually got the chance to sit down with him uh, about a week or so before the season started, and I, and I asked him, like, what's so different? Is it something in your training over the summer? Did you work your legs more, or did you focus more on, you know, a two-way game? You know, what, what's the change? And he basically gave all the credit to uh, Coach Quenville and, and the new defensive system that he's implementing. And he said basically his training didn't change much over the summer. He worked really hard as he always does. But uh, basically he gave all the credit to Q and uh, the system being implemented. And, and one of the more noticeable changes in Hoffman's game has been the way he's moving in the offensive zone. We know he's going to get to his spot in that right wing circle whenever he can, but the way that he's been moving around, moving into the slot, moving up towards the point, just getting himself open and keeping defenders' feet moving, uh, we've seen it give him the ability to get open. He's done it on a couple of power play opportunities. He did it with that big tying goal uh, against Buffalo over the weekend. And uh, we're, we're going to see more results like that, especially when he's on the ice with playmakers like Vinny Trocek and uh, Jonathan Huberto. Now, someone who's been perhaps equally good for Florida but hasn't gotten nearly as much attention is Anton Strahlman. Now, he's been making plays at both ends of the ice and has just been very steady as a defenseman. His stick work has been really impressive, and uh, that goes hand-in-hand with his anticipation. It's really just the kind of veteran defensive ability that I, I guess you would expect with uh, a guy that gets signed to a three-year deal worth $16.5 million. And Strawman has been everything you'd want and more. Uh, he's proven to be real key to, uh, to Florida's defensive core. And if what we've seen in the first few games is an indication of things to come, uh, that deal seems like a bargain if this is what we're going to get from Strawman on a game-to-game basis. The fourth line has been so good. Clearly, Quinville loves this line. It's the only one that hasn't been touched all six games. It's been the same three guys, game in and game out. He's done nothing but rave about them. It's been the same line out there for all the big defensive shifts. You've seen them now late in games when Florida's had a few empty net opportunities. It's been that fourth line out there. Same thing shorthanded. It's been Sevier and Achari out there. That's their top two penalty-killing forwards. Very dangerous shorthanded as well. They've generated a lot of scoring chances with Florida down a man. And, and, and how good of a penalty killer is Noel Achari? He's already drawn multiple penalties while Florida was shorthanded, instantly killing penalties just like that. So it's really no surprise that that Ford group of Achari, Sevier, and Dryden Hunt has been seeing plenty of minutes out there. Twenville has had no problem rolling four lines and putting them out there for big minutes and big situations, and you expect to see that as the season will progress. Now, one forward that struggled defensively in the first few games was uh, Evgeny Dadnov, and uh, it took all of seven periods 
uh, for Quenville to pull Dadnov off the top line and pop him down on a wing with uh, Henrik Borgström and Jace Harawa, the two Florida forwards that have been healthy scratches over the last three games. Well, that appeared to be all the wake-up call that Dadnov needed, as even that night there appeared to be a noticeable difference and a change in the pace of his play. Now, since the demotion, Daddy has four goals and three assists in uh, three-plus games. Pretty impressive turnaround. And uh, he's also leading the team right now with 23 shots on goal. Mike Hoffman's right behind him with 22. But it's nice to see Dadnov uh, got off to a bit of a slow start and has had his struggles defensively, but really turn it around and get back to being the player we saw him be so much of last season. Now, I've only got one more player to talk about, and I just continue to like what I'm seeing from Mike Matheson. Now, just going back over my notes from the very beginning of training camp, uh, I'm seeing a trend. Looks more calm, comfortable in the defensive zone. Confidence seems to be growing. Playing with confidence. These are all notes that I took. His play in the defensive zone has been far better this season, and his decision-making is a lot quicker. Now, that in turn has helped his transition game improve as he's been able to look past the play, past the play he's making, to the play that he needs to make next. It's something that a guy like Keith Yandel has absolutely perfected as he's able to pick up the puck, know where he's going with it before he's even made a move to his forehand or his backhand or know what he's going to do. Matheson's decision-making has gotten so much quicker now, and you're starting to see it in the defensive zone if you see the quick stick checks he makes, if you see the quick little passes he's making off the boards. Uh, the game is really slowing down for Matheson, and it, it really starting to look like this season he's going to take that big step forward that maybe a lot of people were expecting to see him take last year, but he didn't He didn't get there. He, he struggled a lot last year. He, he looked lost a little bit last year. Now, don't get me wrong. There are still going to be some bumps in the road, but uh, if the first six games are any indication, his play this season is going to be far improved when looked at side-by-side side with last season. Now, six games in, the one message I want to convey is that patience is key. Um, it's one thing to learn how to drive, and it's quite another to be a good driver, okay? The Panthers are not even six weeks in to learning a brand new system. Give it time. These are young, smart, talented players. One trend that's already been noticeable is that Florida, it's constantly winning the board battles that are imperative to playing winning hockey. All right, you've seen it the last few games where when crunch time comes, when they need the goals late in the games, they take the game over. They're controlling play. As soon as they figure out how to turn that into a 60-minute trend, which they're going to because it's the system they're learning, you're going to see them playing winning hockey game in and game out. So just show a little patience. The winning components are all there. You just have to let them learn the system, let it marinate, let it become muscle memory instead of having to think about it. It's going to happen. Okay, Panther fans, just take it easy. Now, as I mentioned, I recently had an opportunity to sit down for a conversation with original Florida Panther and uh, current team broadcaster Billy Lindsay. So now I'm going to play that interview for you, and I really hope you enjoy it. All right, we're back here on the Chirping the Cats podcast with former Florida Panthers legend and current broadcaster Billy Lindsay. Billy, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Chirping. That's 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 appropriate for myself. Love to chirp on the ice. So yeah. I like the I like the title of the podcast. Well, you got to be a little alliterative with the cats and all there that, so it, it worked. It did work. 
But before we dive into the fun stuff, I wanted to first talk about the team right now because they're looking great. The roster is built up, and you've been following the team since basically day one because mm-hmm. you've been here since day one. So how does this roster stack up against former Panthers rosters that you've seen over the years? Most talented roster that they've iced, without question. They've built this nucleus and built through the draft, and now this nucleus is starting to get six, seven years into their careers, right into their prime, right into their sweet spot at 24, 25 years old, Trocek, Barkov, Huberto, Ekblad, Matheson, these type of players are starting to develop and getting better career highs last year for Huberto, Barkov. These type of players seems capable of carrying this team a long way. There were some holes they needed to fill in the summer. You get one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, Sergei Bobrovsky. So that's taken care of. You needed a stable defenseman, someone you can rely on. You bring in Anton Strawman, 105 playoff and games. And that's almost like an it's not really been discussed that much how big of a signing Strawman is to as a steadying force on that back line. He's been so solid since camp started. He he is dependable. You know yeah. where he's going to be on the ice every time. You can put him out there with some of the high-risk defensemen, whether it's a Matheson, Ekblad, Yandel, if they want to go. Strawman's going to be back there. He's going to be able to cover up a lot of mistakes. He has that that kind of DNA in him that he's always in the right spot at the right time. So he's very very helpful for some of our defensemen that want to look to go offensively. So that signing, you're very correct, is underrated. And then Noel Achari. Not underrated get, anymore. Didn't get talked about, but had this had a huge, huge game against Tampa Bay. Uh, you can see what he brings to that fourth line, stabilizes, stabilizes it. And you get Brett Connolly up front. Those four additions really add to the depth of this lineup. And that's what hurt this team last year with the Trocek injury. All of a sudden you had to play Barkov 24 minutes a night, Huberto. Yeah. Joel Quenville is not going to do that. It's going to balance out this attack. He's going to play four lines. He's going to be able to manage these guys' ice time, trying to keep that tempo and keep that energy high. So as far as expectations and everything across the board, some depth in your farm system, this is is a team that's built for success, and there's absolutely no excuses for them not – to build on it and go forward and they went out and the biggest addition of them all is behind the bench yeah and speaking of Joel Quenville Billy one of the few people here who we can talk to that actually played against Quenville you know what it's Mm -hmm. like to go up against the Quenville coached team so what can Panthers fans look for what can they expect out of coach Q's teams moving forward consistency that's the thing that he strives for on a practice basis, on a daily basis, and he's going to be able to read his team. He wants them to play smart, simple hockey. He wants to play fast. Accountability. If you don't do your job, when you've won three Stanley Cups as a head coach, you can bench whoever you want. There's no fear uh, of the players. Sometimes some young coaches might have some fear of a guy making $10, $11 million. Does that, that doesn't play well, but uh, it's not going to fly. Uh, Quenville's going to ha- hold everyone accountable. Uh, he's going to play the players that he feels going to give them the best chance to win. And we've already seen him install confidence in goals, or sorry, in players like Dryden Hunt, Achari, Howerluck, some of these fourth-line guys. And that's what brings a team together. But you will see this, this Quenville team that everyone feels a part of it, a special part of it, and that will bring this group together. That's what he's been able to do with teams in the past. It really feels like there's something special brewing, and it's super early, and you obviously don't want to put the cart ahead of the horse, but you just get that feeling like it's different this time around. Like, this year feels different. Like, there's a reason to have that optimism and not dismiss it as a South Florida sports fan. You can't dismiss it, and this team is is built. So if you look at the way that it's gone, now the only the only question mark that I would have is in that dressing room. Do you realize what you have before you, as a group? If you can 
with this kind of talent, if you go out there and put the work ethic in and bring everyone and get that team mentality and get that edge, you got to have an edge. You have to realize you only, as a player, the biggest regret I have is never winning a Stanley Cup because when you retire, it hurts. So you have to realize in that dressing room, this is an opportunity not only to make the playoffs, but maybe get a chance to move towards that elusive Stanley Cup. So that's that. That's what has to happen in that room. They have to realize what they have before them. So all this talent has to be translated into work ethic and playing for the guy beside you and build that team chemistry. If that comes along and then the team gels, then, then you get with, when you get talent with work ethic and chemistry, that's when teams win. Now, as somebody who's been through a special run like that back in 1996, uh, I, I really wanted to talk to you about that a little bit today. So forgive me. I'm sure everybody always wants to talk to you about 96, but um, it was just such a cool run. And Panthers fans, you know, we love to be nostalgic. So I just wanted to kind of pick your brain about it. I was thinking, obviously, about that first round series. I mean, to set it up, first two years you were here, mm-hmm. you missed the playoffs by one point. Yeah. That's back then for an expansion team, that, that was unheard of. Now we have Vegas and going to the finals <laughs> and all that. But back then, unheard of. So you guys were already right at the brink. Then you finally get in in 96 and you had that Boston series. Ray Bork, Cam Neely, I mean, that's a tough team. Yep. And all you did was win in five games, and all you did was score the most iconic goal in team history. What was that round like for you getting through it? Just getting into the playoffs for the first time and that experience with those guys. And the, that's why I talked about this team, wanting that drive and having that will. Because that team, as far as talent-wise, was very average. But as far as a compete level and a desire to win level, you 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 probably would have a – hard time finding anyone that has that kind of that kind of chemistry and that kind of drive to win and Scrutlin and Mellenby uh really really set it up for me and said listen it's not so much about about you and if you play bad and you feeling bad but you got to remember I'm I'm out there giving my all because I know that you have a family to feed and my success is if I have success you're going to have success and that really took the eye out of it and the worry out of it said well if these guys are doing so much just not only for themselves but if they make themselves their best they're going to bring me along with them and that's where I realized that you got to go out and you got to be able to perform your best not for yourself but if you get your best out of yourself you're bringing other people with you and that's just what that that team was described we we played for one another uh, we cared deeply for one another. Then you get into those playoffs, and it was we went up against talent. You said Bork, Neely, those type of players. Then the second round, Lindros. Uh, you take Renberg, Halton the Leclerc. Legion of Doom. Yes, and then you get so you get against Pittsburgh, Yager, and Lemieux had over 160, 50, 60 points that year. Mm-hmm. Melanby was our leading scorer at 76 points, I believe. <laughs> so on paper, it just didn't match up, and then ran into a Colorado team that was unbelievable. But it's uh, it's pulling on the rope in the same direction. You talked about the goal for me. It was just it was just part of a of a of a dream run and getting into those playoffs. And the regular season is one thing, and this is why the Panthers have to get into the playoffs. It's a different beast. The playoffs are are what you live for. If you're not into this game, the salaries, everything's high. If you aren't in to feel that and feel that excitement of the fans and of winning around, and if you do go all the way to the finals, how how much your body hurts. And but it hurts in such a good, positive way. Yeah, it's like when it's, you go home from the gym and you feel amazing. Like amplify that by like a million. It right? is. And so it, you dream of all this as a kid, growing up, and when you finally get onto that stage and you're able to produce, it's the most 
it's the best feeling you could have as an athlete. You, you, I can remember every second, every shift. You can remember the drops of sweat beating off you. And the best moments of your life are not in the past or in the present. It's, it's when you're in that now. And uh, you could feed, feed off every, you were in that now every single day, practice, game. Now you could just, there was just no feeling. It was just the present. And so as far as an athlete talking about it and just being able to experience that is, is what hockey's all about as a kid growing up and trying to chase that dream. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the joy you had, and I can picture it in my head, like the looks on your faces, even you know, in standard definition as we watch back <laughs> replays. But I mean, like when, when Dave Lowry scored that overtime goal against Philly in the second round, mm-hmm. like just the look of euphoria on your faces as you guys knew, like, okay, we're in this series now. Like, we have a chance to really move on. And, and just doing what you were doing, it was so amazing to see. But to experience it, like you said, like, I, I can't imagine what it's like just to go through those memories in your head sometimes. And that's, and that's what you have to get to. And that's why this Panther team with this talent not only has to get in the playoffs, they have to try and experience it this year. They've got to be able to build on it and do it again next year and next year. And so whether they win the Cup this year, they've got to keep pushing and try and get in there because I can't emphasize enough how important playoffs are for you to experience and to go through it it's because if you play this game as a kid you have a dream to get into the nhl if you realize that dream that's one thing that you you, you're like holy cow i finally made it then once you get into the league then you have to be able to stay in the league and then once you you know that you're accomplished and you belong in the nhl there's only should be only one thing on your mind one thing only and that's trying to get the cup because it's those experiences. I, I used to watch Stanley Cup celebrations as a kid and dream of them. And at this moment now, having it passed with all these years, I, I can't I watch the cup and that's it. I can't watch the celebrations after anymore because that that is gone and left me. So it is really it's it's walking away from the NHL and never never that team was incredible, but never hoisting that cup. If you leave the game as a player and have never done that, it, it's hard. That's that's the one dream that that kind of will haunt me and stick with me for forever. Is just never really being able to hoist that cup. Wow, <laughs> that's got to be tough too. Like working in the media, working for NHL Network. Like you're especially playoff time. Like you are consumed <laughs> by it. You yeah. are. It's around you 24/7. So I mean, hopefully we'll be able to bring some of that here in South Florida. I mean, do you think maybe you know, God willing, the Panthers get to that pinnacle and they they do it they reach the ultimate goal will that maybe ease some of your suffering because you've been <laughs> such a big part of this franchise since day one this that's the only uh, as a out of the game that's what your hope is here this franchise has meant so much for me uh being here from the beginning to see where it is and everything the trials and tribulations if we were finally to host this hoist the stanley cup that that would be the next best thing there would be a dream still because i've once you've retired you actually now become a a fan to some degree you don't have control on the ice i understand some of the fans frustration when you're playing you have control right it's a little bit different when you're down there and you you know you have a bad game you can go back out and do something the next day whereas when you're a fan you just sit in soil and like oh god they better have a good game on thursday you got to boil it down and you got to find back so to if this this city and I love the people down here they've embraced me it's become my home uh, this team is is in my idea is in my fabric is in in my blood uh so to cheer for him and root for him and to see the caliber on the ice 
that hoisting a Stanley Cup down here in South Florida would be the that's one celebration that I could watch and be part of and and really soak it in that was that 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 to me would is is a dream at this point that I would like to see realized well I think it's a safe bet that anybody who has been following your career any Panthers fans listening to this will probably if that day ever comes (laughs) they will get a little extra feeling of happiness knowing that it's doing something for you too because as you said this community has embraced you and uh, you've really meant a lot to it and I'm really just thrilled that uh, you were able to come on to the podcast and be a part of it early on Billy so thank you so much for coming on and for being so candid with us today (laughs) and hopefully we can chat again later in the season and talk a little bit more about how the team's doing and the playoff run that they're going to go on well, thanks. Happy to be here. Had some fun last year with you calling some games, so that was fun. You're good, good the partner. Experience of calling Russian hockey. Russian is like hockey. Else. So that was that was a learning experience for both of us. But glad to have you on the podcast, and so awesome to have you around the Panthers full time here. So I'm excited, Billy. Thank you so much, man. All right, thanks, David. Well, that will do it for episode two of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I would like to thank my guest. Billy Lindsay once again for coming on the show and I would like to thank you for listening Uh, if you like please subscribe and uh, we will be back next time for some more Panthers hockey content so until then take care